Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Case File 10 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This week we're taking a look into the fascinating world of extrasensory perception as we talk to a police officer who claims he is psychic. I phoned up Ben Marks, a detective inspector in the Metropolitan Police, who insists he is able to enhance traditional policing techniques with his clairvoyant abilities. We talked about how he uses these powers both to uphold the law and to apprehend the individuals that break it. The recording starts with Ben talking about a murder case that he dealt with last year. There was a classic case of, uh, we we always called him Snoopy, and uh, I found him um, one day uh, sat next to a dead body and he had blood dripping from his hands. And without him saying anything, I just turned to my, uh, my officer and went, he's guilty. And I walked away. I just walked away. And people have said to me for years, how the fuck did I know that? And I say, it's not about the evidence. It's not about the body. It's not about the hands. It's about what's going on in his mind. I can tell by his eyes. He's guilty as sin, this guy. And we sent Snoopy down for about ten years. And did he confess? Was he was, was he guilty? No, it wasn't him, actually. He was the brother of the guy who died. He was very sad. Um, I, uh, I'm afraid I didn't catch the... Uh, the actual criminal. Um, that was a mistake of mine. Um, he actually tried to save the guy's life by putting pressure onto the wound, hence why he had hands covered in blood. And uh, he was crying. It was just very sad. Whereas I, I, uh, I mistook the eyes for guilt. The thing is, you can't tell between guilty eyes and sad eyes. It's a hard one. But presumably you must have maintained this assertion that he was, like, was guilty like throughout the court case and subsequent conviction. I thought he was lying. I, I didn't think it was his brother. He, he didn't look nothing like his brother. So I said, uh, how's he your brother? And he went, well, we're not identical twins. And I thought, you know what? You're a cocky little shit. And he went, well, do you have a brother? I went, yeah. And he said, well, bring him in. So I brought in my brother. Sorry, this uh, is during the trial. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought in my brother. And, um, what, as evidence? Yeah. Right. And he went, he went, right, who's this? And I said, this is my brother, Jack. And he goes, who's called Jack these days? And I was like, do you know what? I don't like you at all. And the judge is banging away. He's like, shut up. And I went, look, mate, do you have a brother? The judge went... You said that to the judge? (laughs) Judge went, well, I've got a sister. I went, well, call her up. So anyway... (laughs) How long is this court case? Huh? Six years! Constant recesses as you wait to summon various siblings who are not related to the crime at all. So I'm stood there with with my brother, and the judge has his sister... He's got two sisters, actually. Very nice. Very nice. Are they dressed as judges, or are they just there in their normal clothes? Uh, well, yeah, they did have to dress as judges right. to be sat up there. And then, you know, 
the guy who uh, sadly his brother passed away, uh, we had to we had to dig him up. So we sat the body next to him, and he went. I went to him right. You say you're his brother, do you? Yeah, it's my brother. I went. You look nothing like your brother. And then he went. Well, you look nothing like your brother. Uh, now that's where I got him. I said to Jack, I went, show him your tattoo. He lifts up his right uh, sleeve, and on his bicep is a lovely tattoo of a mum's face. I went, right, look at my left bum. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled down down my trousers, and I showed the tattoo of my mother on my left bum. I said, right, why would we have the same mothers tattooed on our... Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to cut what might be a long story short, because you and your brother had uh, matching tattoos, and Snoopy and his brother didn't, that was sufficient evidence in the eyes of the three judges, presumably with three gavels, to send yeah. him. Yeah, they were like craft work up there. They were they were fantastic. But I will say this. The problem was, my brother Jack, his biceps, he's a skinny lad, and I've got quite a large arse. So he said, that doesn't look like the same woman to me. So anyway, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'll, I'll use your phrase. Long story short... Uh, I then questioned the body for about 10 minutes because I thought, something ain't right here. Is, is a dead body in a courtroom, is, is that evidence or is that a witness? Let me tell you this. There is no greater evidence than the body in the courtroom. There is no... More so than a confession? That comes a close second. It really does. I mean, ideally you want both. But I always, I swear by this, I've got it on my fridge as a magnet. No body, no crime. You believe in that. So, so even if someone goes missing, no crime has been committed. If you hide your tracks, you're happy for people to just get away with it. Look, we don't live in a world where if you commit a crime, you will be caught. I'm not an idiot. When I joined the police force, I said to my brother, Jack, he's a fireman. I said, Jack, I want to do what you do, but I don't want to go in the buildings on fire. And he said, well, that's part of my job. And I went, I want to kind of be outside the fire looking at it. But I like sirens. He went, become a policeman. <laughs> so when I signed up, one of the first things I realised is if I'm on a case, it might not get solved. It's as simple as that. You've got nobody, no crime on your fridge as a magnet. Just to get a sense of you as a person, what other fridge magnets do you have? I've got a, um, uh, a <laughs> I've got a recipe for um, some bargies, which uh, is I'll say the ingredients are as long as your arm. So uh, I'm going nowhere near that. It's quite a big magnet. It's a massive magnet, this thing. It's about as big as your arm, and it goes down to the the freezer underneath. So whenever I open the freezer, the the ingredients sometimes get caught. And uh, I remember the day I thought, right, I'm going to make barges. I didn't realise that the list of ingredients was caught in the freezer. So I only ended up buying and making the barges out of half the ingredients. Right. And let, let me tell you this. One word, dry. They were dry. Because the second half of the list... Was wedged in the freezer so you couldn't see it. Yeah, and that was the olive oil. That was the onions. Uh, that was, you know, so... Um, so what were, the, <laughs> what were the remaining ingredients? It's <laughs> a very good question. Um, uh, well, I, uh, that's what I asked uh, my dinner party. I said to them, I said, what do you think is in these? <laughs> and they said, well, we were hoping you'd know that. You know, a bit of fun. Uh, all it was, quite simply, was turmeric, flour... And that's your lot, sadly. Um, <laughs> and that was dry? Like, it, well, they didn't say that. Very polite people. Um, I had uh, Father Will from the parish church. 
uh, and I had some neighbours that live on my street, they, they wouldn't ever say, you know, oh, a quick word, the barges are a bit dry. They wouldn't say that to me. But I knew from their faces and the way they were gulping down the yoghurt that, fuck me, something had gone wrong. Did they resemble barges or were they just a big bowl of flour? They did resemble barges um, because I added a lot of water and put them in the oven. Well, they looked like cookies. They were like, if from above, they look round. You know, they look fun. But it's only when you go, you know, bird's eye view, flying over, the bird would go, what a lovely plate of barges. But uh, you go at our level and you realise they're very flat, very crisp, very dry turmeric and flour cookies. <laughs> so, um, you know, look, wasn't my finest hour. And it was only when I got out the gatto from the freezer, the Sarah Lee, that I went, oh, fuck me. I should have added, um, you know, chilli powder, two onions, uh, baking powder, green chilli, vegetable oil and, uh, you know. Anyway, I kept that quiet, and no, no one, no one complained. But I could tell from their eyes. Um, <laughs> well, that were bulging uh, red, as I'd added far too much turmeric. That um, I'd, I'd made a massive mistake. Yes. Well, moving on from Bargies to the fact that uh, I believe you are a psychic police detective. Ah. I wondered when this was coming up. How long have you been psychic for? Has it been like your whole career as a police detective, or something you've sort of discovered relatively recently? I realised that I was psychic. When I had to uh, interview a gang, and they were playing me like a fiddle, this lot. You were able to see through their lies using your psychic powers. Um, well, basically, I, I, uh, this was on the days I worked on uh, a very busy shopping road called Oxford Street. And my, my job was to watch gangs go in and out of shops and, uh, you know, basically uh, shoplift. Anyway, so these uh, four young, uh, they were men, four young men. Uh, waltzed into a shop called uh, Topman and they came out with bags and I'm talking bags of clothing. How many bags? Uh, well, uh, one in each arm and one, one of them had one round his neck so that's nine bags. I pulled over in my car I said, lads, want a lift? And remember I'm undercover at the time I was driving a limousine so they, uh, they thought, this will be fun so they all jumped in and I said, you know, I kept the pretense up. I went, where do you want to go, lads? And they went, uh, well, home be great. So I thought, brilliant. They're taking me back to their lair. They don't even know. I drive them home. Anyway, they got out and they said, well, thanks very much. Appreciate that. Who are you? And I went, boys, you're under arrest. Now, I should have done that when they were in the car because uh, they just ran away. So I thought, right, I'm in a bit of a problem here. They ran down this side street. Now, I was in a limousine, so I drove down, but I couldn't get the car around a corner. Uh, so I had to do like a three-point turn, and they were laughing at me doing this. They'd, well, they'd stop running at this point just to look at you? Yeah, because I, I don't know if you've ever tried to drive a limousine down a muse, but um, it's tricky. I'll give it that. It's tricky. Anyway, I said to the boys, I went, look, help me out here. Will you just watch the back of the car? Because it's not mine. I'm an undercover cop. So they, they were very kind in helping me navigate down the muse. So I drove so down. Despite the, the fact that you were going to arrest them, they were quite happy to sort of try and get you round the corner and then continue yeah, the pursuit. Yeah, they were loving it. So anyway, I drove down the muse and it was a dead end. So I was like, ah, they'd run off and laugh it again. They can't believe their luck. I'm back in this limousine out and um, anyway, 
I just instinctively knew, going back to your question about me being psychic... I <laughs> yeah, knew. I forgot that was the actual yeah. question, wasn't it? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I do apologise. I just sensed there was someone else in the limousine. Right. I turned around, couldn't see anything. I then let the window down, and there he was. One this, of the is, boys. this is the internal dividing window between the driver and the passengers in the limo. Yeah, yeah. This kid had fallen asleep in the back of the limousine. He's about 20. Part of, part of the gang. Part of the gang. He's about 23, and he's just, he's fallen asleep. So I thought, right, I've got him. I back the limousine out of the mirrors. I drive to the police station. I get him out, still sleeping. He doesn't know a thing. I get him into the cell, and I'm telling everyone, shh, shh, he's asleep. I put him down. I lock him up. I go to my boss. I said, boss, got one in there, shoplifting. Boss goes in. What they'd done is they 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 basically dressed a uh, well to put it kindly a cushion in the clothes that they bought from Top Man and they'd kind of made like a scarecrow and uh, they completely fooled me. How accurate was it if it's just one cushion? Because it sounds like they just stuck trousers and a top on a pillow. I mean, did it have a head? Well, there was no head, but I thought that's how he slept. I just thought he was like um like some kind of weird animal that kind of puts his head like a tortoise in his shell. I don't know, you know, you don't know these days. I just thought that's how he slept. Um, so my boss went, look, you've just literally brought in a jacket wrapped in a cushion. <laughs> and <laughs> you're telling me this is a criminal mastermind. I, don't, I, I, I caught my boss by the lapels and I said, I've had a hard fucking day. Have you ever tried driving a limousine down a muse? He said, why have you bought a limousine? I said, because no one will expect that I'm an undercover cop then. He looked out the window and said, well, maybe take the siren off the top. <laughs> have there been times where your psychic skills have been the only way to solve a case that traditional policing methods just wouldn't have worked? I remember walking past a uh, school playground and uh, I stood there and I thought, something ain't right. It was completely empty. What time of day was this? This was about 2pm. Uh, right. And I thought, right, something ain't right. So I climbed over the uh, over the gate. Why did you climb over the gate? Why not just open it? It was locked. It was locked during the day. So right. kids can't get out. I think, well, where are they? I'm walking around each classroom, one by one, completely empty. So I called up my, uh, my boss at the time, and I said, we've got a problem on our hands here. Uh, and what did you think had happened? That the whole school had been kidnapped? Yeah. I called the police. Uh, you called the police. You, know, you, you called nine nine nine. Yeah, yeah. I like to do that. I like to do that. Other people like to uh, call through direct, but I like I like to, uh, I like the protocol. So I said, um, I think our school has been kidnapped, uh, and I. I'm, hang I'm hang on a minute! Don't move on. Talk us through this nine 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 call. You phoned up and go what? Please, please. Please, please. D- do you then say you're a police officer? No, 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 no. So you just wait for people to go. Oh, hang on a minute! This is Ben. This is Ben. Yeah. Um, well, I go. I go. Hello. Police, please. Hello, I'd like to report a crime. I believe uh, a school has been kidnapped in the local area. Can I say your name, please? I am Ben Marks, D.I. Can you repeat that? Ben Marks, D.I. You're a policeman? Yeah. Uh, okay, why are you calling us? I need backup, fast. Okay, well, just use your walkie talkie. <laughs> they get a bit rude, to be honest. <laughs> yeah? But anyway, um, so I'm walking around the school. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Backup arriving? Yep, three cars. Uh, they obviously can't get in either because the gates are locked, so I can't find the key. There is no one in this bloody school. Um, and just to make sure, it's not the weekend or something like that. 
<laughs> it's definitely a day of the week, and they're not going on a trip, and it's not the school holidays. It was a Tuesday. Right. In, and, you know, it was raining, so I think it must have been November. Now, why the hell is a school in November on a Tuesday completely empty? Something went right. I made my way to the uh, the kitchens. If you, uh, A little tip. If you ever want to know any gossip, go to the kitchens of an industry. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dinner ladies know all. <laughs> so I walked in there. There was just one dinner lady. I said, uh, good morning, madam. I'm D.I. Ben Marks. Nice weather for ducks. She laughed at that. I said, what's on the menu today? She went, carrot soup, steak, treacle tart. Who's asking? Carrot soup and steak? Yeah. Not bad, is it? It's quite yeah. a nice school. I said to her, and I went over, I put my finger in the um, in the steak, weirdly. So she's thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> she's not the only one. I, uh, I then went over to the treacle tart, and I... Uh, Picked up a spoon, scooped it right down the middle. There's just one treacle tart. Well, this yeah, this was her lunch. Um, She was only cooking for herself. (laughs) Right. So she was quite annoyed by this. But I said, wow, celebration. You know, a meal like that. She went, no, I'm just having some some lunch. I went, (laughs) nice lunch for ducks. Yeah. She didn't didn't quite get that bit. What is it? Yeah. She, uh, so we sat down. Have you ever seen Heat? Yeah, the Michael Mann film about the, the police and the bank robbers. Yeah, yeah. Pacino, De Niro, opposite each other. It was a bit like that. You could sense that she was a master criminal and that you that you were going to take... I sensed it. I sensed it a mile off. So I it's quite it. tense. You're sat there in the kitchen, rain pouring down outside. Yeah. Across the table from you is this dinner lady, presumably a bit <laughs> miffed that her, you've eaten a bit of her lunch and stuck your finger in her... Oh, she ain't happy. She ain't happy. So I said... Uh, I've got all the time in the world, darling. The backup you've got, are they in the kitchen as well? Uh, two of them are patrolling the school. Uh, the other one's making himself a sandwich. In the kitchen? Yeah. Right. Uh, I said, we've got all the time in the world, darling. Where are the kids? She took a mouthful of her carrot soup, burped, wiped her mouth with a napkin, looked at me in the eye and went, I'll show you. Hmm. I mean, I think to myself, wow, i got the bodies. She takes me over to the uh, to the uh, classroom. She went, see that laptop over there? I said, yeah. What do you want me to do about it? She went, open it up. Turn it on. I sit down, open the laptop, and um, I cannot quite, quite believe what I saw. And this is what? This is, this is the evidence of where the kids are, their, like, unfortunate demise or where they've been hidden. It was CCTV. Yep. It was a camera set up in the um, in the main assembly hall, which I had not been in. And she went, they're at assembly, you dickhead. <laughs> Fuck off. Is that it? <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I suppose it might be hard to explain, but could you try and give us a sense of what these psychic feelings are like? Well, uh, you know, bats, uh, they go by their sight of... um uh, their smell echolocation it's like you're seeing through hearing like sonar they 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 go they they police by their uh uh sense of hearing yes what do you mean they police they're, they're, like, they're like police bats or there's just a general hierarchy in the colony police police bats every single species has a grass sure you understand that every single species has an arsehole who grasses everyone up and is that how you view the police? Well, that's what I've been called many times. Right. Uh, I was playing, um, I was playing uh, poker with a mate, and I knew he was cheating. I just knew, because um, I could see his cards. I was cheating as well. Um, what cards went, did he have? He had a royal flush, and I had a royal flush. So I thought, well, one of us is cheating him. So I said, could I see your cards? And he put down a royal flush, and he went, one, two, three, four. And I went, right. Did you shuffle the deck? He started sweating. So uh, I put down my royal flush, and he went, right, well, I could tell you're cheating. And I said, why's that? And he went, well, I've got normal cards. I said, yeah. He goes, well, your cards have hardcore pornography on the back. Now, I uh, I didn't realise that the cards I was cheating with were a different deck. Um, they were sort of like rude playing cards. Oh, yeah, they're rude. Yeah, rude ain't the word for them. But I didn't realise uh, everyone could see the back of the cards. You know, again, that is a tip for anyone listening to this. <sighs> in poker, people are constantly worried about people seeing the front of the card. Don't forget the back. And that's your advice for people trying to cheat? Yes. Right. Because the back can give you away, um, as I as I later found out. So, you know, he was I thought he was psychic, but it was just because um, he, saw, uh, he saw this bloke with... Um, well, this thing was massive. I'll just put it like that. And sorry, how does this relate to the topic of police bats? So, yes. Well, like I said, every species as a, a uh, an elder has someone who goes, "Look, this ain't right, boys." You know, someone like that who takes, you know, takes takes one under the wing, so to speak. So, um, so yeah. when you're talking about police bats, are you talking about like an animal that has a sort of um, like a leadership position within a group? Or are they actually doing detective work? How much of a police person is the bat? Well, you speak to, you speak to anyone who is working in the industry at the moment. Um, the bat or the police? Police. There is a huge amount of paperwork. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be uh, on the desk at reception or you could be, uh, you know, the chief officer. I'm telling you right now, there is too much paperwork in the industry. So I would like to sit down with a bat and I would like to sell them. You know, we'd probably have a lot of things in common. The paperwork is disgusting, and I don't know if you've ever uh, seen a bat, but their hands are at the end of their wings. Right. So to actually write something down, they can't write and and, and, and not fly. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's an absolute bloody nightmare. So there are, there are groups of bats dedicated to detective police work? Yes. They only come out at night for obvious reasons. Crime only gets committed at night time, and... Um, 
bats, uh, bats, you know, are the eyes and ears of the uh, of their community. Well, they're not the eyes. That is the problem. Um, basically, if you want to commit a crime in the bat world, you just have to make sure you're quiet. I want to get on the case that you're most famous for, and I'm and I'm right in thinking that you foiled a robbery using your psychic powers. Yep, it was uh, 2010. I was uh, working and patrolling Trafalgar Square, and I just got this sense. I just had this sense that I was being watched. I looked up, and there was a bloke stood on top of this column in the middle of Trafalgar Square. Now, you might say, well, I know who that is. That's uh, Lord Nelson. Not this day. Not this day. What you what you're implying here that criminals had cut down Nelson from his column and replaced him with a sort of like a lookout for some further criminal activity. Correct, Mundo. Uh, Lord Nelson, as everyone knows, looks down towards Big Ben. Is that true? It does. He he is looking down Whitehall to Big Ben. Yeah. The day I looked up, he had his back to Big Ben. He had his arms crossed. And he was facing the National Gallery. Ah, so you had suspicions that there was something dodgy going on in there. He had his arms crossed. And what does Nelson normally have? He's just, like, holding a sword or something. Uh, <laughs> I think he's only got one arm, actually, thinking about it. But he was wearing a baseball cap. That's the key thing here. There was yeah. something odd so about I it. Thought... You thought there was something happening at the National Portrait Gallery. Is it National Portrait Gallery or National Gallery? Well, the Portrait Gallery is behind the National Gallery, but they are technically the same building. If you want to pick it, but I thought to myself, uh, someone up there is not who. That is not Nelson. It's a lookout. Yeah. So I called Jack, my brother. He's a, he's, a, he's in the fire brigade. I, I said, "Bring your fire uh, fire engine. I need a ladder pronto." We. Uh, he, he, he turns up and he goes, "What do you need a ladder for?" I went. Something ain't right up there. He gets the ladder out, and slowly but surely, I go towards uh, Nelson, and uh, it's a bloke, just this bloke, dressed in um, uh, a concrete... Uh, well, it looks concrete when you look far away, but he's just greyed himself up. You know, like one of those floating Yodas. Like a human statue. He's painted himself grey to resemble Lord Nelson, except that he's apparently forgotten to remove his baseball cap. Yes. So I said, um, hello, mate, what are you doing up here? And he went... Well, this is the best spot in Trafalgar Square. I went, is it? He went, yeah, everyone can see me. I went, right, so how do I give you money then? He went, well, a couple of quid and my baseball cap would be great. I went, okay, mate, do you want to take it off your fucking head then? Anyway, he starts going, he starts blushing. Um, Can you tell that under the makeup? I'm psychic, I can tell he's blushing. Are you? (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, he's wearing, I said, your New York Yankees uh, baseball cap, pal. Horatio Nelson never wore a New York Yankees baseball cap, brother. He, uh, he goes, I'm so embarrassed, I'm so ashamed. I'm just trying to raise some money. I went, aren't we all? I said, are you going to get down? He said, well, um, could you help? I, mean, I don't want to cut off what could be a crucial part of the story, but is there a robbery going on? Is he a lookout? Or are you just talking to a human statue well, that's up Nelson's collar? This is the thing. I said, look, pal, something, something don't sound... Something ain't... <coughs> Yeah, something odd is going on. This is wasting my fucking time. (laughs) You got a fire engine out, you're up a ladder. Yeah, I was was, was like, look, I'm a busy man. What the the fuck are you doing up here? And again, I'm I'm sorry, I'm swearing. He then just, he started panicking. And I was like, what's going on? I look over at the National Portrait Gallery. Someone is running out with um, uh, 
Van Gogh's sunflowers. <laughs> yeah. And I look at the guy and I went, do you want to tell me about this or shall I take you back to the uh, prison? And he went, yeah, that's my mate. So I'm caught in a, I'm caught in a quandary here. I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. How so? Well, I'm stuck up a ladder. Yeah. I'm talking to the lookout and I go to him. Well, do I arrest you or do I arrest uh, the bloke who's running off with the sunflowers? What? You, you asked the lookout this question? Yeah. Right, well, what does he say? He goes, uh, he thinks about it and then he goes, well, why don't you go and get the guy with the sunflowers? I went, good idea. I go about halfway down and then I think, hang on, I go back halfway up and I go, sorry, mate, where's the statue? <laughs> where's the real Nelson? <laughs> he looked down. There was a bloke running off with that as well. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> so... so so there's now three people I've got to deal with. So, so just call- taking a stop, you've got the lookout up Nelson's column, you've got the guy that grabbed Nelson from the column, and then there's also the man that's stolen Van Gogh's sunflowers. Yeah. So I call 999. Right, of, of course. And, uh, and I say, a police, please. And they go, yep, what do you want? I went, I'm up a ladder in Trafalgar Square. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking to a human statue who is up Nelson's column. The actual statue itself uh, is currently running down the mall, and... Um, there's a bloke running off with Van Gogh sunflowers from the National uh, Gallery. The guy went, right, uh, OK, and can I ask who you are? I said, uh, I am D.I. Ben, and he went, <laughs> this guy was, you know, he was so angry with me. <laughs> he went, well, do you want to get on with your job instead of just calling me? I went, I went, do you know what, brother? No wonder trust is down with us at the moment, because it's people like you. Now, at this point, the guy on top of the column had uh, escaped. Well, how did he uh, he escape? What, he just went down the ladder? Yeah, so he's gone. So I'm like, right, I'm going to get the, uh, I'm going to get the the sunflowers. They're a lot of money. I fly down the uh, the, the ladder. I think, fuck the steps. I'm just going to fall down it. Now, the You don't use the rungs, you just roll straight down. Yes. Yeah, I just roll down. Um, I, I, I couldn't move. Obviously, I broke a leg. Yeah. Uh, I, I called 999. I said, ambulance, please. Uh, they hung up on me. So I'm in trouble now. I'm in real trouble. My brother's looking at me like this is a complete fuck. The problem with looking for Van Gogh sunflowers around Trafalgar Square is that there are a lot of people that do the caricatures. I see, right. And this bloke who had run off was very clever. Whilst I was up the ladder, he had posed for three people as sunflowers. Right. So I, I, <laughs> I have now four people that I think could be uh, could the be criminal. the suspect. Yeah. So, and your leg uh, is broken. Oh, it's fucked. So I said, to, I went up to one bloke and I went, right. The guy sat there painting, and I went, right. Is that Van Gogh's sunflowers, or are you drawing them? I get the feeling that might, you might have just stolen this painting and you're pretending. And he went, no, 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 no. I'm a caricaturist. He goes, look at these other ones I've got. He's got uh, Mr Bean, uh, Frank Bruno, uh, Noel Edmonds, yeah, yeah. and uh, Lady Gaga. And I said, well, I was like, well, these don't sit with, um, uh, you know, why have you just decided to now draw uh, sunflowers? And he went, well, they're pretty, aren't they? And I said, they are pretty. And we had a nice chat, actually. Um, right, yeah, but whilst this is happening, someone else is presumably getting away with Nelson from the column and the Van Gogh painting. Yeah, that guy, that guy jumped on uh, on a tube and he was headed to uh, he was headed to Heathrow. He, he, he Which guy? Huh? The guy with Nelson? Yes. Where's he gone? Yeah, he's got the he's got the tube from Leicester Square. Piccadilly line down to Heathrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got Piccadilly line straight down. And um, last I heard, he was um, he was having a wonderful time in uh, Chicago. Uh, so he bought two tickets and said, "What? That he's got quite a stony mate." 
Yeah, he went in luggage. The man went in luggage, or Nelson went he, in luggage. No, the man went. The man went in luggage because it's not every day, as they said at the uh, at the BA desk. It's not every day we have Horatio Nelson join us. So uh, he got upgraded to first class. Uh, but anyway, I sort of want to hear more about the adventures of Nelson on the plane. But I think we should probably try and get out of Trafalgar Square and try and conclude. Oh yes, this. sorry, do apologise. Well, the ambulance turned up. Uh, they said your leg is absolutely buggered, mate. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I know. They said, uh, uh, did you catch? Um, did you catch the bloke on top of the column? I went. Um, the ambulance crew knew about this. There was gossip all around the emergency services about what was going on. I mean, what am I talking about? There's been two robberies, and people have just seen you roll down a ladder. Of course people are talking about it yes yes so you know uh, they said did you catch the guy up the column i said no he's uh he, he escaped uh, they said well did you where's the column i went he should be going through um Earl's court at the moment <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> he's gone he's gone he's gone and then they went uh what about the guy who nicked the sunflowers i said uh i don't know but uh this lovely chap here uh has painted a beautiful portrait of me anyway i turned round. the guy's gone the person who you thought was a caricaturist. He's run off. Yeah. He's taken what was the original Van Gogh sunflowers with him. Sure. And he's left on his canvas a quick cartoon of me with my broken leg and he's written on my forehead, twat. <laughs> yep. And, and the, the ambulance crew look at me and go, right, so, uh, I mean, out of ten, how would you put today? And I said, you know what, I don't need this right now. I've had a bloody rough four, uh, 24 hours. And I know that you did begin this question by saying that this was my biggest success. <laughs> yeah, how you use your psychic powers to stop a robbery. <laughs> but um, but I, I would like to state for the record that um, for me personally, it was a complete fucking disaster. Right. And was Van Gogh's sunflowers ever recovered? Well, yeah. There was a policeman uh, kind of in Soho who just spotted him. And uh, I mean... The guy went quietly. Um, so it wasn't so much your biggest success, more the story of how some random police officer saw a famous painting in Soho. Yeah, well, the, the problem with stealing one of the most recognisable artworks in the world is that any Tom, Dick or Harry can, um, can spot it. Sure. Uh, especially if you run with it, you know, looking out rather than looking at your your body you understand what i'm saying oh i see you're saying it would be better if you held it so the flowers were like sort of facing towards you as you ran well yes i mean to wrap up what i would say is i gave you some advice earlier which was you know when you're playing poker people always worry about what's on the front of the cards people never worry about what's on the back it's the same when you're stealing a painting <laughs> right people always say great i've got the front they never think about the back what is on the back of Van Gogh's sunflowers? Absolutely uh, nothing. It's completely blank. But that's what I'm saying. If this guy had paid more attention to what was on the back than the front, he would have run down Soho just with the back of the canvas and nobody would have suspected a thing. Always look at both sides of the coin, the painting and the card. Well, that's a good enough place as any to end on. Uh, D.I. Ben Marks, thank you very much for joining us. I'd like to uh, thank you and um, have, a, have a lovely day. Well, that's all we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns, edited by Matt Ewins, and the theme music was by Nikki Green. Follow our Twitter account, at MicroscopeFun, for details of live gigs that hopefully we'll do in the future. Next time, we'll be looking into the murky world of medical experiments. But until then, remain vigilant, and catch you next time on Microscope.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.